Welcome to Gig Tales Podcast. <laughs> it's like the Rachel and Phoebe doing this. <laughs> I do consider us to be Rachel and Phoebe. I'm absolutely the Phoebe in that situation, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I guess I think so, probably. I can't figure out why, but. <laughs> I feel like I'm just a little off enough. <laughs> well, just just left of center enough. No. Yeah, right. Uh, I so care about animals. You hate them. You wear fur every day. <laughs> and get massages. Yeah, I give massages for money. Oh, God. Sometimes it's people funny. pay me to stop. <clears throat> this is not some weird friends fandom podcast. This is Gig Tales. Well, most of the time it's not. We slip into it sometimes. Um, we're here. We are still here. We are back. We are talking about gigs of all kinds. Mm-hmm. And we've got some stories to tell. We do. Yeah. We're back. We're never going away. You can't stop us. <laughs> like a massage that you didn't ask for. Yep. We won't stop until you pay us to. <laughs> that's our whole marketing scheme right and our whole marketing platform I don't know why people don't do reverse advertising more you know it's really bizarre I'm gonna trash your company until you pay me to stop Amazon <laughs> mm, I don't think they could ever pay me enough to stop trashing that company <laughs> aye, aye, aye. well here we are um we yeah have, had some stuff go on and we're gonna share it with you <laughs> Ashley Yes. What do you, I have to uh, pull up my list of things. So as things happen, like, I don't know if this, I I feel like this happens all the time now, but we're just like doing things or watching something or in a situation and just look at each other and be like, gig tales, because everything feels like a gig tale nowadays. 100%. So just some music related things. So we've watched some music related movies recently. Um, I watched, we watched, Tom and I watched the new West Side Story. How was uh, it? It was okay. It's, I mean, okay. So it's, it's good. My thing is I just think West Side Story is boring. Like yeah. as a show, like I think if the movie was well done and it was pretty and stuff, but I don't know. I just, I was like, meh. I don't like musicals very much. So I'm not going to weigh in right. at all. Um, right. But someone asked me if I would want to see it. And I was like, nah, nah. no, no, it's not the one. It's not the one to see it. I mean, I love musicals. It's like, nah. it's just not one of my faves, but I appreciated it. Um, the one I did recently love it's, I feel like it came out a while ago now, but I was waiting in anticipation for it was the dear Evan Hansen movie, which I'm obsessed with the soundtrack and the stage show. And I thought the movie was incredible. I actually oh. watched it. Wait, like, it did come out? Dear Evan Hansen? Yeah. The movie came out? Yeah. yeah That's yeah. surprisingly fast. Yeah. It it was out in theaters. We saw it in theaters and I like, oh my God, it cried. It was amazing. And then I like watched it like twice on a flight. <laughs> I just like kept watching it. Um, yeah. Pretty crazy. I love it. So that's about a kid who broke his arm, right? Exactly. That's really it. I've <laughs> never, I know nothing about it. it's um it's the it's a good one so definitely recommend that one Um, 
also, so I know I've talked about it on this pod before, but Tom had never seen Mr. Holland's opus, which like, I know it's so cheesy, but to, for me, like as a kid watching that movie, it's absolutely part of like the reason I became a music teacher. Like I was interested in becoming a music teacher. Like, I don't know. I love it. So we watched it and it's, it was like, I think Tom liked it. We can get him to weigh in someday, but he said he did. He was just, he's not, and he doesn't usually just like placate me. So does it hold up? I thought so. I mean, it it looks very old. I was like, oh my God, this is really old. Like just the cars and, and I mean, it's set in the past, right? Like all movies are set in the past, (laughs) except for 2001, a space odyssey, which is actually now set in the past. Yeah. Now. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's like starts in like the sixties or whatever. Right. But even when I got mm-hmm. up to like current day, it was like, oh boy. Wow. I gotta say even media, I was like watching news clips or something from the early two thousands. And I was like, what was this filmed in 1983? Like <laughs> I know. even stuff from maybe just 15, 20 years ago is looking old. Yeah. Yes. Well, yeah. Cool. Okay. So this is not music related, but we, went to see the new Top Gun and in preparation we watched the original Top Gun and I was like when did this this must have been like in the 90s and then I looked like 1986 I was like what 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 is happening with time (laughs) it is just continually marching on and there is nothing we can do to stop it despite my many experiments to the contrary (laughs) you're really trying I'm trying so hard, but I don't know if you can see this, these, (laughs) I'm pointing out my uh, crow's feet right now. I actually don't, as much as I like to joke about getting older, I actually don't mind the wrinkles and stuff. I don't give a shit. The gray hairs, like bring them on, whatever. I'm excited for my first gray hair. I haven't had one yet. No? Mm -mm. Oh, I have them. Oh yeah. My mom had them when she was younger than me, but I was her child, so. Yeah, well. <laughs> I do I've heard that like having children can make you gray younger, which makes sense, but I have pretty bad anxiety. You think I would have been gray a while ago. Anyway, M- Mr. Holland's opus. Um, yeah, no, that's it. Just yeah, go back and rewatch that gem. It's uh, so do you know what my this is music related? My major complaint about movies from the late 80s and 90s is there is way too much scoring in them like way too much music there's constantly like very um full symphonic uh accompaniment to even like the simplest scene and I'm like man and I think that's something that's maybe changed over the past 20 years or so where it's like you don't need music for everything and that's okay Mm -hmm. but it's like we're going to tell you exactly what you're supposed to be thinking here yeah I mean I guess probably like if you were going to get in an orchestra to play to like record a score it was like record the whole movie right but now like you can somebody can whip something up digitally really quickly and a lot more like range um but yeah it's interesting it's true right yeah things can be done more quickly and it's like do we really need music to be telling us what these two characters are thinking while they sit here and talk about like what they're going to have for dinner. I don't know. I, I feel like the music was also telling us what to think like, Oh, this is an inspiring moment. Oh, this is a goofy moment. Yeah. Oh, this is a diarrhea moment, which is funny. Like one of my favorite things when I was teaching music to do was like a, a movie scoring unit. And 
one that we always used was like Jaws. And because that the little motif from Jaws is so recognizable and epic, right? Powerful, right? But without that, the scenes are hilarious because it's so (laughs) old and it's like really not shot well. And it's like, it's so cheesy, like the shark, right? But if you put over it, like, you know, like circus music or whatever, (laughs) totally change. So it's always really fun, like to see what the kids came up with and like rescoring stuff with like a completely different mood or style or whatever. But it's, it is so true. Well, it's like that thing of when they do, they recut, um, it's like the shining as a rom-com or whatever. (laughs) Yes, totally. I love that. (laughs) It's just YouTube. <laughs> and all you have to do is just change the music, make it Salisbury Hill and yeah. take out, just do the part where he's like running down the hallway and it's like, oh, look at this guy. He's... Sweet. Good. Uh, well, I'll have to get Tom's yeah. report on that. I want to hear what he really thought. I know. We'll see. We'll see. He'll be like, I don't remember. It was already like a month ago. <laughs> um, other stuff. Let's see. So we went to see Gavin DeGraw. Uh, which Where'd was you see him? Tupelo um up in new hampshire which i love it's a great room it sounds incredible it's nice and like intimate which i love um and it was cool because so he had a new a new album come out um and it was like this was a couple weeks before the new album came out and oh interesting did, yeah he did some shows in at least a show in boston and i had a friend go and i it was before the one in new hampshire so i didn't go to the boston one or the new hampshire one whatever I like the venue better. So she had gone and I was messaging her like, how was it? I'm sure it was great. Like I've seen him a bunch of times, like whatever. And she's like, yeah, it was good. He played the entire new album. And I was like, ugh, uh, because it hadn't come out yet. So I'm like, yeah, but I don't like, I want to, I like to be like, know the songs. I agree. Like, one or two, like sneak peeks. I love, that's great. That's awesome. Yes. I love to hear what you're working on. I love to hear a new song. Like, then I always love when you get the album and you hear the song, and you're like, I remember this from the tour, like whatever. Mm-hmm. Was like, the whole thing, like what the hell? So I, I was, was going to say him touring in advance of his new record right. is kind of ballsy. Kind of weird, right? It's like, I wonder if that was like planned or if something that happened. with feels like, intentional, right? It, yeah, I mean, it, it probably was, but it, it is, it's not the traditional way to do it, right? Right. Um, but I have to say, I was honestly like very pleasantly surprised. I, I really enjoyed the new stuff. And I think he did a good job of like, he played all the new stuff, but he played a lot of the old, he played all the popular stuff, but he played some like older deep cuts, which was cool. Mm-hmm. And he really, it was just three piece. So he was sang and played piano and then he had a drummer and then a guitarist. Oh, Okay. It was like very intimate. He told stories about oh, every song, which I friggin' love. So I can totally get down with like a songwriter-esque type of thing, right? I um, love that. The whole album, it's like about his, it's dedicated to his parents. And there's like tons of stories about his parents and like, it, it's just his family. It was just really, really good. And then I felt like when I got, like when I'm listening to the album now, like I have all of that context and right yeah so I don't know it's a I love when you hear a song and you think it's about something you assume it or it feels like it's about something and then they're like actually this was about like my favorite aunt and you're like oh (laughs) yeah 
Um, so yeah, I was, I was, I was wrong. I was glad to be wrong. Like I was glad to be proven, you know, wrong in my assumption going in. Um, and then one, one thing at the end that happened that Tom and I were like, gig tales. It's like, okay. So we were like midway right behind the sound booth because I know Tom likes to geek out and watch the sound guys mixing the show and well, look at all the gear. And usually it sounds really good if you're near the sound booth because yes, that's where it's going to. Yeah. Uh-huh. We were like right behind. And then in the front in the front of the sound booth, there's like basically just like rows, rows of, of chairs as there would be. Tupelo is one of those venues that like they set it up differently depending on the show, like right. table, like round tables or rows or whatever. So this one, they had rows and there was this really tall middle-aged white dude, <laughs> like in the middle-aged white dude uniform, you know, like the tall white socks with the sneakers and probably like cargo khaki shorts and like the whole thing he had like the whole perfect look going on um and he just really uh, throughout the show as we got toward the end just really wanted to dance and I don't know how much alcohol he was consuming over the course of the show but by the end like I mean, and because it was more of like a songwriter type of a thing, like people weren't really like up and dancing. It was more of like a sit and listen. And yeah, right. Maybe clap along or kind of like groove along in your seat, but it wasn't like a up and dancing show. But toward the end, even like, you know, Gavin's like trying to get people up. He's like, all right, you know, it's like the big ending or whatever. And this guy is just like going to town. So he like moves into the aisle of the seat so he can have like more room. And he's just really tall. So he's standing out and like the whole place can see him. And he is just like, it would be, it would be difficult to dance so off the beat as he was like, it'd be harder to do that. It's like, what are you listening to? Like, you cannot be listening to the same song that we're listening to. It sounded like he was, he has a disc man. It's like, like the silent discos when you watch people like with the headphones and they're dancing, he looked like this and it was insanity. So at one point, (laughs) I can't even remember what song it was, but Gavin like and he's looking at his guitarist and then the drummer they're all like looking at each other and they lose it they're laughing like super hard and I'm like to Tom like are they laughing at the guy like do you think they're laughing at the guy he's like I think they're laughing at the guy because nothing else happened like right what else could be causing that right like there was like if somebody messed up or something but I probably Tom and I would have like noticed it I don't know but they were losing their shit so bad Gavin could not sing like he kept trying to sing and he was like wheeze laughing and then the guitarist turned around So it was one of those, like, I cannot make eye contact with you right now or I will fucking lose my shit. Oh my God. It's turned around and he's dying laughing and they're still playing, but Gavin cannot sing. Like, I actually thought they may stop the song and like restart or like say something or whatever. But I'm like, if they're laughing at the guy, like they don't want it to be like, obvious that they're like, right. I don't know. Obviously, I do not know that it was definitely the guy, but I have it's never. It's got to be the guy. Had to have been the guy. Had, like, come on. We're going to have to have him on the podcast. Losing their shit. I have never seen like 
professional musicians in like that type of a setting like i mean we do it all in my band we lose our shit all the time like that but like you're fucking amateurs (laughs) right but i've never seen anything like that it was completely losing it it was fucking hilarious i would love i know this is never gonna happen but how much would i love now to have him on and be like for you and even like I'm sure it's not, even if it's not mean-spirited, right? Like, sometimes you just like, see something help. like that and you can't help but yeah. laugh. Right. Oh, yeah. So I mean, power to the guy. Like, he was having a time of his life. Like, no, not embarrassed. Like, doing his thing. Like, good good for him. I it's, mean, great. It's but, funny that, yeah, you say that because we were talking about that at the concert we recently went to that I'll get into in a minute. Yeah. But, like, Someone was saying, and this was a, we stood up the whole time. I danced the whole time. I didn't give a shit who was next to me or looking at me or whatever. And I sang very loudly the whole time. Also didn't give a shit, (laughs) but it's like, no one could hear me. Um, And someone beside me was like, we were at a concert recently. And like, I was singing and dancing. And the person next to me was like, can you like quiet down? And can you settle down or whatever? And I was like, well, you're next to the right person because I'm going to act a fool. There's like a weird, there's a weird thing where like, like it's this collective, like everyone kind of at the same time decides like what is going to happen. It's insane. Crazy weird, like crowd psychology, but I always find it like annoying if like, okay, so if it's like a seated thing or whatever rose, like people in the front want to like stand up and dance and then the people behind them get mad. I'm like, no. Like you don't get to, no, you got to stand. Yeah. To, you just stand. And then the people behind you, it's fine. Yeah. Like you, you don't have control over like whether they stand or not. So right. concert, like get it together. Yeah. yeah. Although yeah. I do believe that we should get a bipartisan law passed in Congress that you must disclose your height when buying concert tickets. They should seat you according to to height, like within reason. Like you could even have a dancing section, a sitting section. Like, I mean, this could beep, be a thing. boop boop. Hello, is this Jonathan? Jonathan H. Ticketmaster. It's your cousin, cousin Marvin Ticketmaster. Your Ticketmaster, Mister You know, that, you know that new concert live. idea you've been looking for. Um. Yeah, I think within reason, right? Like there should not be a six foot seven dude in the middle, direct slab dab in the middle of section B as about, you're about to hear. Yeah. Um, and, but also like, he shouldn't be at the whole back ass of the concert, right? It should be like, okay, you can either be at the back of section A from whence there is, you know, we know there's like a six foot gap to section B or the back of section B from which we know there is a six foot gap to section C or like, we don't have to put you, you don't have to be in the last row of the balcony, but like, let's keep some height in mind here. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense. I I think if you're like over a certain height or like under a certain height, like I'm five foot six. Yeah. If I'm in front of a person who's five foot five or five foot four, yeah, no, I don't know this guy. I just, but otherwise, I mean, the show was great. He did like, I love this. I've only seen one other person do it and I can't even remember who it was. And it may have even been him, but he was like, at the end, he's like, I'm going to do like one more song, blah, blah, blah. And then he's like, all right, 
we're not going to do all that Hollywood bullshit where we go off the stage and pretend that you're going to, we're not going to do an encore and make you yell our name and come back out. We're just going to play some couple more songs. Okay. And I was like, yes, like, <laughs> I love that. Like why you don't have to do the whole thing. Like, stop. He was like, what did he say? He's like, there's the backstage is right there. He's like, you'd be like, I can see your boots, dude. Like I can see, still see you. Like it's so cheesy. I love that. That's such a performance. God, I'm making notes because I have such a comment about that too. So good. So yeah, he did like that. And then he actually, people like, you know, people are yelling out songs. So he was like, actually, all right, we'll do that. And then he's like, any, any more, any other requests? So he actually played like an extra set of requests at the end of the show, which was. Oh, wow. Yeah. I think he was just feeling it. It was pretty pretty good pretty cool that's amazing yeah that's my concert thing and then um we had a gig (laughs) recently what we had a gig my band had a gig um and yeah I mean we've been obviously been playing less the last few years with COVID and why oh (laughs) did something happen no um but like, it's starting to get nicer out. There's more like outdoor stuff. So we played one of our regular places that we play in the summer and stuff. And they, it was actually there was a brewery. It was their 10 year anniversary. So they did this like huge, like block party thing. They like shut down the street, like all around them. And they had like food trucks and a cornhole tournament and a whole, it was a whole event. So it was pretty cool. And there was a band before us. So it was like an all day event. So they booked like two bands. So we get there. And I think there was an hour between, I want to say maybe two hours between the two bands. Why? Like, so like to tear down and set up whatever. So we get there and the band was like just finishing up. So we figured like, we'll get there and we'll get some food. Like they, we got there literally at like the last 10 seconds of their last song. Mm -hmm. We park and whatever. And then we walk up, we're like scooping out the area, we're checking out the stuff and we look over and the band has finished now, but they're like not breaking down any of their stuff. And we're like, where are they? So there was one, the bass player was still kind of standing there. So Tom went over and was just like, Hey, you know, like we're the next band. And just, you know, like, I don't even know. I didn't hear what he said, but just kind of like a little, like how long do you think you guys need? Like get get your, you know, like subtly trying to be like, get a move on, like pack up your shit. Like we have to load in a whole setup and set everything up and set like whatever. And he was just kind of like, Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like we're breaking down now, whatever. I don't know. So we walked away. We like did a lap. Tom got some food at a food truck. We look over like, still there's like nothing. All their shit is still set up. And the front guy, like the singer, the guy whose like name was the band name. I don't even remember. Um, is like sitting at a table, like eating Marvin Ticketmaster. Yes. Marvin Lee Ticketmaster. Um, so we're like, okay, like clearly we need to like go say something now because they're just like not moving there. I'm like, we, and it's packed. Like there's so many people. I'm like, it's on like this big outdoor patio. So there was nowhere for us to just like start loading in stuff and like, the side it was like no room so I'm like I don't know what we should do like do we just start loading stuff in like awkwardly close to their stuff but there's not really room and like whatever so Tom goes up to the singer guy the front guy and he like asks him like hey man like we're the next band like how long do you think and he's like oh yeah yeah okay cool like how long do you guys need to set up did this guy have a 
fucking head injury just we're like i looked at my watch i was like um all of it like i don't and tom was just like well you know we've got like a full full band set up and pa and everything so he's like okay yeah yeah totally i'm just gonna finish this i'm just gonna finish i'll finish my food and then we'll then we'll pack up we're like what like i just right it was just like how okay they weren't they didn't seem like they weren't like assholes they weren't being like mean i honestly think they were just like totally clueless but like they yeah they seem more like dummies than a-holes yeah like they and they but they weren't super like young so i'm like you're not like i feel like have you never played a gig with another i was gonna say maybe that was like their first gig third thing like i don't know i'm like but how did like common sense like no I mean, after gigs, like even when there's not a band after us, I don't, I barely even stop to say hi to like my family before I start, I start breaking shit down and then they come over to me and talk to me like while we're doing stuff. And your mom's like, Hey, Ashley. And you're like, away peasant. I'm like, I'm going to talk to you while I'm wrapping cables. Like, I don't, it was just mind blowing. Like how the hell do you not? Okay. So it was just freaking weird. So we were like, rushed to set up by the time we got there whatever but we got set up we start playing and the freaking power breaker pops oh god here we go god because we're in like this different place plugged into a thing and they have this huge Mm. event they have all this shit and we're like oh my god so we have to like re like reset the thing and then restart all of our shit it it happened a couple times one time it happened Mm. in the middle of a song so we just like came back in on the same i was like (laughs) Come back in on the bridge. I want to finish this freaking song. Um, and then the other fun thing is like the pollen has been insane, right? Mm-hmm. This was okay. So I flew back from Switzerland on Friday evening, and then this gig was on Saturday. So mm-hmm. I'm in a different time zone. <laughs> like I haven't. Oh, been- sorry. Ashley's performing <laughs> from the future here. <laughs> Crazy, but I was whatever it's exciting it's fine I probably like didn't get great sleep but whatever which is like you know tough on the voice but I was Mm. ready but we're driving up to New Hampshire and the trees like it's all this big like tree line and it literally looks like smoke yeah it looks like a forest fire but it was yellow like these yellow clouds right so I'm like this is gonna be fun like literally breathing like straight pollen so yeah, that was gross. And like literally before we even started playing, all of our shit was covered with yellow. Like my keyboard had a layer of freaking pollen on it. Like just, it looked like everything had a yellow hue. It was so gross. And then they had the food trucks and stuff. They had a cigar tent, like a cigar, per, like a company that had a setup. They were selling cigars and they had a tent where you could like sit and smoke cigars. Yeah. Oh my God. It was like the perfect storm. I'm breathing like straight pollen and cigar smoke. And like, and they were pollen scented cigars too. They were made from local pollen. I I like, don't even know. I don't know how I like left that with a voice, but. And that's why I'd like to tell you all about our Tom Waits set that we did. (laughs) Right. Oh, I don't know. It worked somehow, but I was like, I could not drink enough water and Mm. it was rough. It was fun once we, you know, settled in, but yeah. So those people finally broke down. 
Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And like they started and the freaking the kids like we're watching them. Now we feel like weird because we're just like standing there staring, waiting. And they're like breaking down. The drummer is like taking forever. Like he's moving like a sloth breaking down his drums. And then the kid, like the front guy, like stops and he's like talking to the drummer. And then he starts like paying him. He's like counting out cash and paying him. We're like, pay him fucking after. Like, get your shit. Like, I just, I don't get your shit out of the way and then go pay him over there. Like, why are you stopping He's this like, process? One, yes, two, like, just pay him all in singles. I can't handle you guys. But eventually they, yeah, they got their shit and left. So, wow. I'd like to talk with all these people Gavin DeGraw, Tall Dancing Man, and that band. I'd like to have them all on the podcast. It's oh, like, guys like come on and like I said they weren't like mean but it was just like no 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 yeah it's clueless like I don't don't my honest to goodness guess with that would be and this was my first thought when you said it you were like have you never played with another band before I wonder if it was like their first time playing with another band it might have been it's just like common sense though it's like when the light turns green do you go Mm. or do you like wait and hold up everyone behind you I hold up yeah I put it in park And I light up a pollen cigar. My God. Speaking of this, I didn't even mean to to get into this, but today I I honked. I honked at a student driver. I didn't, okay, I didn't realize. Oh no. And then afterwards I felt so bad. We were at a light and it it's a left turn. And it's a blinking yellow left turn. And there are people coming straight from the other way. So it is hard to turn there. Sure. I was like, fine. But there were, I was the third car in line. Right. The first car is like in the middle of the intersection so that when there's a break, they can go. They can just bust. Yeah. Right. This car in front of me is like 9 million feet back. It's like four car lengths behind. And I'm like, what the fuck? Pull up. Like you want to be next so you can go. So I'm already like annoyed. Then the blinking yellow turns to solid green. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You You gotta go, baby. Not going. (laughs) At them and immediately noticed on the bumper. It was like, (laughs) well, you just ruined little Jeremy's summer vacation. Sorry. Someone was going to be. I think you got to learn though. Like, right. I know. know. It's getting beeped at. Sometimes you got to tell someone to break down. You got to tell someone that the light is green. I guess so. I guess I just, I wouldn't have, you know, if I had noticed it before and I'd have a little more patience, but I guess. Mm. No, I like to beep at student drivers. I want them to know, like, you got to pick up the fucking pace. Yeah. Uh, Well, I mean, that's, what's been going on with me. So a lot. What's what's been going on with you? Nothing. The end. Thanks for coming to Gig Tales, everyone. Uh, Sean and I, my partner Sean, everyone who I mention frequently, (laughs) and who is very real. He is real. Um, we went to a concert that I was very excited about. Um, Sir Paul McCartney at Fenway Park. Wow! 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 (sighs) It was beautiful. I can't believe you didn't want to go. I hate Fenway. Okay. Concerts. Hear me out. Seen Paul, so I was I like, I already heard the Beatles songs. I saw him once. I've fun. seen him. This was my fourth time seeing him. But here's what happened. My friend. I said, Paul McCartney's coming to Fenway. We are going to go. I love Sir Paul McCartney. Yes. Sir Paul McCartney. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and there was a special pre-sale event. I said, if we go, we, I'll spend a thousand dollars on a ticket. I don't give a shit yeah. if we can like sit on the floor. You can't, you have to have like going in, knowing tickets are coming. You have to have that, like that number. There's a new venue that's opening in Boston. Yes. And at Fenway, MGM, whatever. Yes. So like Bruno Mars is opening weekend and whatever. And I totally did the same thing. It was like, okay, I will spend like this month. And they were so expensive. I was like, no, not worth it. I've I've already seen him too. Like I'm not doing it. I'm not going to spend you have to establish your ceiling before you get in. Cause you get oh, in, yeah. you're rushed. And it's like counting down. Like, Oh my God. Two minutes, 159, 158. And you're like getting your credit card and you're panicking. Ugh. And you're like, and you're just screaming and there's blood coming out of your eyes. Crazy. Um, just a regular Tuesday. So they had a special pre-sale for Amex. I hope you guys uh, are want to hear about and you know, the whole Amex pre-sale. And then when I paid my credit card bill, it was like, if sponsor us, sponsor us, Amex Amex sponsor us, or I'm going to reveal all your secrets. (laughs) So they had a special Amex pre-sale and I was like, all right, if I can get in, I can get tickets. And I set my limit for like a thousand dollars a ticket. And I actually was going to spend a ton of money to sit in section a right in front of the stage. But it was like, it was all blocked off and it was like, this section is reserved for a special golden triple package. I was like, Jesus Christ, I thought I was in the special pre-sale, you <laughs> sons of bitches. So we got seats in section B, uh, right like in the center of the stage section B. And you don't know this when you're buying the tickets, which I fucking hate. You just pick the section and then it assigns you seats. But we were like pretty close to the front of the section. Yeah. Um, so they ended up being really good seats and they were not anywhere close to what I had said I would pay for them. But for me, it was like, if we're doing this, we're doing it. I'm not sitting in the fucking grandstand like a caveman. <laughs> so we got the tickets with the, with the Amex pre-sale, which was great. And to be honest, I don't think they were that expensive for yeah. no. what, what we got. Mm-hmm. However, this is where the, uh, I think you should have to disclose your height when you are buying tickets at a concert comes in the guy who was standing thank goodness next to me who ended up showing up they came in he was like six foot seven and I was like oh no the poor people behind me and there was this row of ladies behind me who was as unhinged as I was with like I'm gonna sing every song as loudly as possible and dance as horribly as possible and not give a full shit they were on that same page as me so I felt so bad that this like seven foot dude was standing in front of them you kind of also feel bad for the guy because I see when I see you like that I feel bad because it's like you can't help it you just have to like yeah no places knowing you're going to be an inconvenience like right Right. and it's like he could have done the thing of like he could have sat at the back of section a or the back of section b um but if you you couldn't pick your row like you said exactly which i would have yeah it was wild anyway so we got the tickets cut to uh concert day we get there tons of people we got there really early and we walked on to, I have actually never sat on the ground at Fenway. I've never had ground seats at Fenway. So that was a first for me. And I think like you said, you hate Fenway, right? I've been to a concert at Fenway too. I feel this, I think we've talked about it on this podcast. It yeah. sucks. It's not made for sound. Like no. it's not. Ground seats are key. 
Yeah, I think we are for, for the one we went to. Yeah. They're key. It's still not the best because the thing about that stadium that it it sucks the sound out of the audience too, right? So 30,000 people are screaming and you can still like hear a pin drop next to you. It's very weird. Yeah. But we need like a sound engineer on to explain to us what's happening there. I think the sound is getting sucked out. Just like, exactly. (laughs) Carrie's raising her arms. Like she's motioning that. (laughs) This is the sound. (laughs) That's it getting sucked out of the top of Fenway. Right out. Also, this is great for your delts. Um, so we get there and we walked on through like where you would typically come up to go to the bleachers, but they're, they have the stairs set up to go down on the field. And I almost burst into tears. It was so cool. We were so close. I've never been that close. I've been poor my whole life. And now I'm like, look how close I am to this billionaire. Yeah. The only billionaire I've never been mad at who I'm like, oh, he actually deserves to be a billionaire. That's yeah. Oh, wow. He really does. That's a short list. And yeah. 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 I'm like, oh, he literally earned that. Okay. Um, So we get there and there too, we like go over to our seats just to like find our seats and where everything is. And, you know, we took some pictures and stuff and there were these two ladies sitting there. They were probably about, if I had to guess like 60, maybe mid sixties at oldest. So naturally they're my new best friends. And, and we all start chatting and she was like, these, I'm like, right, these great seats. And she was like, yeah. And, you know, we came over. So we sat down. Um, the show was at six 30, which obviously doesn't mean six 30. And I was like, what time do you think he's going to go on? And they were like, I think he's going to go on at 6.30. I was like, no way, dude. And I, they were like, yeah, that's what the website said. I was like, mm. and I went, see the sun over there. And I pointed behind because it's pointing right at the stage. I said, he's going on once that sun gets behind that upper grandstand and it's not in his eyes. Yeah. And I was right. He went right on at 7.20 p.m. That's perfect. Yeah. Um, but they got, they were there super early. We were there super he, early. Was there an opener? No. Oh, wait, except yes, there kind of was an opener. So there was no real opener, except. But he can't afford an opener? Like, no, he only has a billion (laughs) dollars. Honestly, I don't want an opener. Like, if it was like Donnie Harrison or like Sean Lennon or like any, some of that would be cool. Danny Harrison, yes. Sean Lennon, no. Sean Lennon would just be hawking NFTs at us. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Julian. (laughs) I'll allow it. (laughs) It's just Yoko doing conceptual art. So we're sitting there and someone gets up on stage and like all this kind of like smoke comes up and he was waving like a flag and there was like a lot of colors in a very condensed area. And there was a booth and a DJ got on and he started playing a, I don't know how to explain this, except it was like an EDM version of Jet. And it was this DJ and he was playing like Wings and Beatles songs, but they were like EDM mix versions. And I got to tell you, I was digging it. Yeah. I was like, this is amazing. So we called him DJ Saul McCartney because if that's not his name, it should be. It should be. It is now. (laughs) Um, So he got up, he started DJing and then there was like a little video and then there was like a 
it was, I don't know how to explain it. Just like on the jumbotrons on the side, there was this kind of like weird little video that played for a while. And then there was a final video of like a bass with like fireworks and it played the end. And that's when he came on. There was no fanfare. He, they just all casually walked out and like waved mm-hmm. and everyone was like screaming and stuff. And I was like, that's him. It's him. <laughs> I was like screaming my brains out. Um, so these little, these not little old ladies, like 60 or so, they were not old. I, we were just chatting the whole time. They're like, Oh, where are you guys from? And I was like, are you sisters? They're like, no, we're cousins. And she goes, how did you start listening to the Beatles? And I was like, we were just born listening to them. Like, I don't know. And Sean was like, I just started listening to them nine years ago when I met this one. Um, but so we were talking about, it was like, look how close you are. I said, go up, you can take pictures. And they said, we've never seen him. Um, I've been wanting to see him my whole life. We never got the chance. We're so excited to be here. I said, go, go up. Like, cause you can go up close to the stage when you're on there, go take a picture. And she goes, um, all those seats are so good. How close do you think they, uh, how much do you think they were? And I said, I don't know, but even I, I tried to get them and I couldn't get them. And I said, well, these seats are great too. This is the close, think about it. This is your first time seeing them. This is the closest you're ever going to be to Paul. And she goes, oh, hold on. And she goes to her friend, show her, show her. And I was like, what, what? And she's taking out the phone and she's scrolling through it. And like the tension was building. And I'm like, what, what happened? She goes, so we were eating dinner over on, I don't know, Ipswich or something a couple hours ago. And she holds up her phone and Paul does this when he goes places, you just see a slow line of vans coming down the street and out of this one with the window is down, Paul McCartney just leaning out very slowly, waving to everyone. And everyone is screaming. I mean, screaming. And I looked at her, I started screaming. I was like, oh my God, I can't believe you got that. And like, they were screaming and they're like, we know. All three of us were screaming. It was like, it was 1963 and they just got to America. We were screaming I was, and I was like, I'm so happy for you. I'm so happy you got to sit. Like I really was. I was like, Oh my God, they've been waiting their whole lives to see them. And then they like just saw him up a window, but I think it's so cool. And I don't know what the word for this is, but Paul McCartney is, I'm going to go ahead and say it. One of the most famous musicians of all time not in a Kanye way like of all time yeah I mean like it's like Mozart Bach and the Beatles pretty much right yeah doesn't matter if you hate them right Um, that's it man that's the indisputable fact yeah and he has the ability to change someone's life just by sticking his head out of his van window and driving by slowly and he does it I feel like he obviously I don't know him. I have never met him, but like what? Interviews, interviews and like seeing him on stage and stuff. I feel like he he absolutely like knows how famous he is. Like like how do you not? Yes. Like, somehow is not like cocky about yes. like pomp. It's like it's like a humble, but it's not I don't even think it's humble. I don't think he's humble. Like he I do think he is. Have you listened? Like, I don't know. Have you listened to him on Smartless? Yes. He explained it on that episode in a way that I'm never going to be able to verbalize where he was like, 
I do understand how famous I am and I do understand how much I mean to people. And I feel like it's my, and I'm going to say this wrong, but he says not just obligation, but it's like, Like it's like my duty. I've been so unimaginably blessed in my life and I've had so much. And if I can make someone's life by just letting them come up and talk to me and say like, Hey, you mean so much to me or like sticking my head out a car window and like waving at people then I, I have to do that. I, that's the least I can do to give back to people. And I'm like, yeah, that's right. But he says it much more eloquently yeah. than that. I totally get it. It's like a very, it's a very rare balance. I feel someone tweeted the other day, a comedian, we like all getting aside. Can you fucking believe that we get to be alive at the same time as Paul McCartney? And I'm like, no, I don't believe this. It is cool. Yeah, it is. It's like, he's the Mozart of our time. He is the most famous musician yeah. alive in and throughout history. Yeah. Um, so they were really excited about that. Paul came on, he started, show was great. Um, everyone stood the whole time, except during some of like the, you know, like slower, he does like a little brief acoustic set and some people will sit. I can, and this was like, I feel like this was a choose your own adventure kind of thing where I'm like, I kept standing. The ladies behind me kept standing. Some of the people around us kept, would sit during those. I'm like, I'm standing up. I don't give a shit. Yeah. Um, so like I said, there was like a little video thing and we had gotten to the concert like over two hours early. We were there at five o'clock and by like five 30, we were in our seats and he started at seven 20. So sometime around seven o'clock, it was like, so it was the two ladies on the end, two empty seats, and then us, and then tall man and his girlfriend to our left. So sometime before seven o'clock, I forget one time, the two, or around seven o'clock, the two people who were in between us and the ladies showed up and they came in and they found their seats. And then they kind of like went off to like get food or whatever. Mm-hmm. They didn't come back till like, so he started at seven twenty, and then they left and we were like, did they decide not to stay? They didn't come back till like eight o'clock what? and they were like eating hot dogs, just sitting in their seat. I'm like, all right, you do you, man. Like it, maybe they were just like, oh, Paul McCartney's coming. Let's go see him. Yeah. And speaking of your thing of like not doing the um, pomp and circumstance of we're going to pretend like we're going off stage and blah, 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 whatever. When he finished his first set, obviously he's going to do a um, an encore. Yeah. They left. Those people left. Yeah. So they were there in their seats from about 8 to 9.30. Yikes. They're like, we're going to be the traffic. Like, Paul McCartney's worth the traffic. Like, you wait. You stay. Yeah. You wait um, in traffic. It, but hey, you know, whatever, whatever works for you, my friend, if you're like, I want to get the hell out of here, that's fine. They were non-disruptive. They seemed to be having a great time. They were like singing along a little, but they were mostly sitting. They weren't bothered by the standing. I was like, all right, if that's how you want to spend your <coughs> dollars, like, you know, maybe that's just like a casual night out for them. I don't know. Yikes. Um, huh. So he did all the hits, of course. He, you know fucking brought the house down. Um, I read a, I read a review of that concert that said something, the, the headline was something like this. Paul McCartney rocked Fenway last night with a, an asterisk next to rocked. And the subtext underneath that asterisk said, I have to specify this because these mega concerts at Fenway rarely do rock. 
And it's true. I don't know if it's because we were on the floor, if we had the floor seats or whatever. Yeah. It friggin' slapped so yeah. hard. It was awesome. I don't know if it's because we haven't been to concerts in so long. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what it was. We could not stop talking about it for like a full week after. I was like, I want to go see him again. It was amazing. Um, I don't know if it's because of the proximity. I don't know. Or the reality. I think like the scope and reality of who he is. Yeah. Another thing is I went in with really low expectations. He's 80. Um, oh, that was another cute thing. Fenway sang happy birthday to him. And for a crowd of 30,000 people, I have to say there was only one rolling sound delay for the happy birthday. So there were two moments, two or three moments, two moments that he got taken aback and a few moments where I got taken aback. So the first was, I think it was right before getting better or got to get you into my life. I can't quite remember. He started to play the song and he stopped and he stepped back and he was like, oh my God. And he was like, I love you too. And he goes, I got to take a second and drink this in. And we turned around and all in the um, stands, like in the regular seats, they had put cards under people's seats so that they were supposed to lift them up at a certain point. And it said, we love you, Paul. And Sean tried to take him and he took a second. He was like, I need to stop. They stopped the song. And then he like started over again. And then the second time was someone was holding a sign that was like happy 80th birthday. And he goes, who's that guy? He like kind of made a joke and everyone started singing happy birthday with one single rolling sound delay. So it was like the front was singing happy birthday. And then like the seats were singing happy birthday. So there was only, you know, two versions of it, if you put it that way. And he kind of like, he stopped like, he was about to start a song again too. And he stopped and he kind of like covered his mouth. And it was like, so he's 80. Right. And, or it was like an early birthday thing for him. And I went in with full knowledge of that. When you get older, your voice changes. It's normal. It's just part of what it is. He can still fucking hit it (laughs) with some adjustments, which is fine. Fine. he fucking slaps he fucking rocks he sings really well so I think that was part of it too he blew me away I didn't expect it to be that good um he there was that and then the another part that kind of like took me aback was because we were on the floor um when he was during some of his slower songs people hold up their flash uh flashlights as lighters which i'll tell you about that in a sec and i turned around i think it was during blackbird and i got to see the whole stadium doing it and it was really like i'm not usually in that seat where i get to turn around and see it from that perspective and i did i just kind of turned around and it was like a sea of stars it was crazy Sean said during that, so one of the uh, nearby concert goers to us was a family of four, a few rows ahead, what I would assume was a mom and a dad, two teenagers, I'd guess 13 and 11, so teens, preteens, a young boy about maybe 11 or 12, and a young girl maybe about 13 or 14, and when everyone was holding up, you know, because we do flashlights now instead of lighters, lighters, Sean goes and he taps me. He's going, look, look, look. 
the dad is leaning down to his son and like pointing back at the stadium and going like this. So he's mocking, like he's holding a lighter and we can see him talking to the son and obviously explain to him, like people used to hold up lighters at concerts. The kid had no idea. Yeah. Like why would everybody have a lighter? Why is everyone shining their flashlights at us? Yeah. What's going on? Oh my God. Uh, lots of clapping on one and three. I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah. I tried to switch it up a little. It's part, it's part of the course, I guess. <laughs> lots of storytelling. Like he does a really good job of storytelling. Uh, one of the best parts was, and we're watching McCartney three, two, one. Finally, oh. he tells the story about Jimi Hendrix. Oh. So, so he tells that story and he kept calling the whammy bar the vibrator. Does it like once on the show? He said it like six or seven times, and everyone was laughing. We're like, oh, Paul. <laughs> Yikes. Really good storyteller. Love this vibrator. Yeah, he's like, you know the vibrator. We're like, do you know the vibrator, Paul? No, do you? Um, and one of his stories, the best part was, he goes, you know, yeah, I'm gonna do it, everyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we can tell which songs you like because see, he does the hits, but he does play songs off of his new album, which yeah. I'll allow it. Whatever. He only does like three or four of them typically. Yeah. He goes, you know, we know which songs you like because when you we do like an old song off an old record, you th- we see the phones go up. It's like a sea of stars. We can see them. All your phones go up. And we do a song off the new record. It's like looking into a black hole. And every- <laughs> everyone laughs. He sits, he picks up his guitar. We're going to do them anyway. We don't care. And everyone goes, yeah. Everyone fucking screamed. We just like bent over for him. We're like, yeah, we don't give a shit. Play a song we hate. We don't care. Don't even play anything. Just stand there. Yeah. Just stand there and tell us a story. I don't give a shit. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of other notable things that happened. Yeah. Let's clapping on one and three. What were your favorite songs? Oh, man. I mean, so there were a couple that I thought were kind of weird, but I don't care. Okay, so one, he did I've Just Seen a Face, which I've never seen him do. Hmm. I like the songs that he picks out of, like, the earlier or, like, non-psychedelic, non-rock and Beatles catalog. And I love I've Just Seen a Face. That's my jam. Yeah. The weirdest thing he did, he did Being for the Benefit of Mr. Kite. Thank you for that face, which yeah. was fine. It was good. I've never seen him do it. Circus poster. But it was so. What a weird choice for a rock concert. Yeah. Yeah. Like, what an odd. I yeah. don't know where that. Maybe he was just like, we're going to do this. He did. I feel like he was trying to switch up which songs he did for his live show, right? Like, I don't know, because then he said, we're going to do a song we've never done on tour ever. We're doing it for the first time here. And it was, um, she came in through the bathroom window. And I was like, good one. How All right. You it? I don't think he typically likes to do the whole, like, you can end up playing the entirety of Abbey Road, right? Yeah, yeah it's true. It kind of runs into itself, yeah. Um, 
it was really good. And then I'm trying to think what, honestly, like it's really hard to pick my favorites because the whole thing, the whole concert lasted two hours and 45 minutes. Wow. It felt like I was there for 23 minutes. It's a long time for an 80 year old to be playing music. He did great. Um, a notable moment was during live and let die. He always does live and let die. And he does pyrotechnics. Yep. We were so close that I could feel the heat oh. off of those flames coming up. Yeah. And I did not even really like that song very much. Cause I actually turned to Sean and I was like, Oh my God. And he was like, yeah, like we could feel it. I don't know how they're able to play through that because we yeah. could feel it where we were. And I was like, I'm a little nervous. <laughs> and he was like, it's okay. I'm so used to it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in the pyro guy. <laughs> yeah. I likes were for me, very hard to say, but Helter Skelter always just fucking brings the house down. Yeah. yeah. She came in through the bathroom window, which I've never seen him do before and didn't even know I'd never seen him do before. Right. Like he had to tell us that. And, um, anything with a story and like he did a tribute to George, which was really nice. And he always does a tribute to John, which is really nice. Um, the tribute to George, he always does something and he just starts out with the ukulele and he told a little story about George and then they like bust into the kind of rock inversion, which is really beautiful. Yeah. Um, so many highlights, like I could just tell you about every single song and what was so great about it. It was really, really awesome. Like yeah. really powerful to be there. And it was also like, it's gonna be the last time, right? And if it's not the last time, it could be the last time that he sounds that good. So yeah, yeah. Mm. definitely. He oh. did. Yeah, it was awesome. And of course, then my dad asked the next day, he goes, uh, what song did he finish with? And I was like, what the hell song do you think he finished with? They did a full ass ending to an album that set him up with a concert ender for the rest of his fucking life. He did Golden Slumber's uh, <laughs> medley into the end. That's what he always does. Yeah, we have to. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it's it's an easy out, right? Um, but the best part was, so he does the thing where it's like, we're going to step off stage and make it pretend like we're not going to come back out, but we did. And his roadie or whoever it was, his tech or whoever, when he came back out and everyone was cheering, he went to hand him his guitar. And then he took the guitar back and he went out, he looked out to the audience and he was going, come on, come on. Like he was going to hold the guitar back from Paul until we like... Oh. cheered for him he did like a little bit right yeah. and Sean goes later Sean goes to me was that guy saying like he wanted to know if we wanted an encore <laughs> he's like come on you get it we don't we don't know I'm not gonna give it to him like come on he's like come on you got it. I was like no he was doing a bit like that was a thing yeah uh yeah that was a pretty good that moment hilarious if they just like walked away and didn't do it and he was like, no, nah, not good enough. And they're like, good night, folks. Yeah. Uh, I would say one of the best moments was probably like, let it be, or, and I know this is so, this is pandering and I don't give a shit. This guy can pander to me for the rest of the, his life yeah. is when he lets you sing, right? Like when he lets you sing on Hey Jude and he did like an old song and he's like, then he like guides you to sing. And it was like, not a popular song, right? Like, I know that's pandering, but I love it. Okay, you're singing with a beetle. Like, I don't care. Yeah, screw it. Yeah. It's, it's not singing with a dropkick Murphy, but I'll take it. It's not. This is true. It's not. 
God. I'm going to think of something later. I'm going to be like, oh shit, I forgot to mention that. But it really was very powerful, very good, really rocked. I'm very, it made me so excited. I wanted to go out and buy another concert ticket right away. <laughs> like follow him on tour and become full on groupie. Uh, yeah. And I mean, not just him, right? Like, like I said, we talked about it for days and weeks later. I'm like, I can't stop thinking about that concert. It was so good. But also just like, then I was like, what other concerts are coming this summer? Like, I really want to go to a concert again. And it really did. It was very reinvigorating. And I'm so glad live music is back. I think there definitely was a time where I questioned it or we all questioned it, right? Like, are we ever going to be able to be in a stadium in a, an enclosed space, listening to music, singing, screaming together again? And it really was, it felt good to be back and to know it's going to happen again. Yeah, it's happening. It is. So gigs are back for us for paul (laughs) we're here to tell you everyone gigs are officially back it wasn't certain until we told you until you told us and then we told you you told us and we told you so we we should have some more material for you so like terry said you're not getting rid of us um i guess should we talk about what we've been listening to or should we just say it's paul mccartney like i don't i I think it's gonna be paul mccartney for me (laughs) And honestly, it's the the new Gavin DeGraw album for me. Like, I think, yeah, since the show, I mean, like, yeah. So when was the show? Um, like beginning of May. Okay. Yeah. And the album came out like end of May. Okay, and you've been listening to it, and you like it, yeah. and yeah. you've been able to go like, oh, I remember this. Yeah, I totally get like I get every song, and I understand like who he's talking about and like the stories, which is so cool. That's I love awesome. it. Yeah. Maybe yeah. that was a good tool. I don't know. I'm going to have to think on that. That seems a little ballsy to me to go like, we're going to go on tour before our album comes I out. Know. I know. Um, for us, it's definitely been Paul McCartney. I think for Sean, someone who really didn't grow up listening to the Beatles or Paul McCartney or wings that much. He's, put on like some playlists and he's like, Oh, can we listen to this? Can we listen to this? So it's also been exciting for him to listen. And then McCartney three, two, one, he's like, Oh, that's really interesting. However, I should have dropped this tidbit earlier. So we've been watching McCartney three, two, one. And I keep mentioning the anthology. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I think this was out on the anthology. Oh, and the song that Paul played, it was the Quarryman song. It was in spite of all the danger. And when he started singing it, I went, Oh, and I kind of started singing along a little. And even I looked at him surprised, like, oh, I know this. And I was like, I think it's just because I heard it on the anthology years ago. Like, maybe that's what it was on. And just parts of it were in my brain. I'm not like, oh, yeah, I know all the the quarryman stuff. I'm not like that. And Sean goes, he kept saying something about the book, the book. And I'm like, yeah, well, from the show, from the show. And he was like, you mean the cd how many cds were there i was like well i don't remember how many cds there were but i think there were three episodes and he couldn't quite put two and two together and he was like what do you mean the show and i was like the show and he was like what shows like the documentary he goes there was a documentary i was like pause the fucking tv (laughs) did you not know there was like a major television event that was called the beatles anthology in 1995 it was CDs came out like yes that yeah. had songs from that it, it was three episodes right yeah I don't remember exactly but yeah. did your fa- did your like family gather around to watch it together yeah, of course he, he had no idea 
Wow. So when he heard Paul tell the story about Lucy in the sky with diamonds and how it was a drawing from Julian Lennon, he was like, oh, I never knew that, blah, blah, blah. And like, so I was telling him about Hey Jude and he was like, oh, I never knew that. And I was like, yeah, didn't you watch the anthology? Like, this is all from the anthology. And I think that's how it got brought up. He had no, he's never seen it. So that's fun because then you get to watch it again and through his eyes. I love that. It is interesting listening and watching and like learning through his eyes stuff he didn't know that I just yeah thought was common knowledge. Yeah, I I love that too. Mm. Man, all right, that's That's it. The anthology and wings. You got to listen to wings. Wings fucking slaps. Yeah, wings is great. So good. Mm. Man, oh man well yeah. i guess that's it i guess so yep all right well then as <laughs> i don't know we don't even know when our podcast is over uh, no we don't even know you tell us we'll tell you as we <laughs> always say <laughs> yeah you have to tell us when the podcast is over <laughs> and we'll just keep recording yeah as we always say here on gig tales if you liked what you heard tell a friend and if you didn't like what you heard tell an enemy and keep gigging (laughs) bye bye i almost hung up